Is heaven real? Those who are convinced it is often point to accounts of people who say they've actually been there. For many, those stories are comforting, but they've also generated their fair share of skepticism. This is what heaven is really like, according to people who've been there. Daryl Perry claims he got a warning in the form of multiple messages saying that his time was coming, with one voice saying, Son, you're going to have to die on my behalf. In 2007, after a sudden heart attack, the already God-fearing Perry says he began to float above his body, distantly watching his own wife perform CPR on his unresponsive form. Abruptly, he found himself in a warm, brightly lit heaven. He says he was greeted by an angel named Gabriel, who appeared as a huge man with brown skin, dreadlocks, and immense wings. Gabriel never spoke, instead pointing to his own back, which Perry took as a sign to climb on. Gabriel then took Perry on a sort of piggyback sightseeing tour of heaven, where he saw relatives who had already passed on. Finally, he saw God, whom Perry describes as a bright light with no defined form. And throughout, Perry describes that he felt completely at peace, though he had previously been deeply reluctant to leave his wife and three children back on Earth. Eventually, Perry was revived and came back to our realm. Doctors warned his wife, Nikki, that her husband had suffered brain damage and might not be the same. Though he still experienced significant physical effects and required rehabilitation, Perry's mental faculties appeared to be intact. He's still able to communicate his memory of a serene and profound visit to the afterlife. Tales of journey through the afterlife have been around for centuries. Page through various manuscripts and you'll find a series of knights, peasants, religious folk, and more being sent on the right path by their visions. This tale begins with Sir Owain, an Irish knight who's worried about his soul. He travels to St. Patrick's Purgatory, an actual pilgrimage site reportedly visited by Christians since the 5th century BCE. Writers have mentioned the spot as early as 1180 CE when Owain's story was written down. In Owain's tale, he goes through a cave on the island into Purgatory. He finds himself in a great field, speaking to a group of 15 men dressed all in white. One says Owain should call on Christ if he's ever in trouble, which proves helpful later on. Like many medieval afterlife narratives, Owain spends quite a lot of time wandering through the torments of hell and purgatory. Eventually, though, he reaches paradise, which is full of beautiful sights and sweet smells. Two archbishops tell him that this is actually a fancy waiting room for heaven. They lead Owain to a mountaintop where he can just see the gates leading to the afterlife. The two men give Owain some heavenly food and then gently tell him to get out there and tell everyone what he saw. In one of the earliest examples of Irish vision literature, a man named Adamnan is given a taste of both heaven and hell. The vision of Adamnan was written down sometime in the 10th century and shares strong links with pagan accounts of the underworld. Adamnan's journey begins on the feast day of St. John the Baptist. He's picked up by his guardian angel and first taken to heaven. There he sees the city of heaven surrounded by seven walls. Inside is God himself, sitting on a throne and surrounded by music and scents so beautiful that it all surpasses the human ability to describe. Just outside the heavenly city is a second settlement for those who aren't quite ready to enter the presence of God. The city has six doors or gates that people must pass through on their way to their divine rewards. Every second of every lifetime is always recorded. And as each one ends, we sort of look at it. And then if everybody agrees, you move forward. Some people need to be put on what sounds an awful lot like a celestial timeout, waiting until they've been purified enough to move onward. For many historians, this is a clear precursor to the medieval Christian idea of purgatory. A former skeptic, Crystal McBee, claims she went to heaven after a near-death experience nearly took her from this world. In McBee's case, that was pancreatitis that eventually led to respiratory arrest. According to McBee's account, she closed her eyes during a medical procedure and opened them in heaven. She says she saw angels in God, who was so overwhelming that she fell to her knees in awe. Human words failed to encompass her vision of the Almighty, who she says is best described as an overwhelming brightness that flooded all of her senses. 
McVie also says that angels emitted their own amber-colored light. They communicated with Crystal telepathically. Ultimately, God gave her a choice, stay in joyful bliss in heaven or return to her four children on earth. She initially chose to stay with God, she says, but the sound of her mother's voice ultimately changed her mind. Just before returning, McVie recalls in her book, Waking Up in Heaven, that God commanded her to tell them what you can remember. In 2008, Harvard-educated neurosurgeon Dr. Eben Alexander became suddenly and gravely ill after contracting bacterial meningitis. His descent into a coma was followed by something truly surprising. When he finally emerged from the coma, Eben recalls that he had practically no memory of anything from his life, much less a profound spiritual experience. I was out in this, this void of infinite, infinite coal black, but with an orb of light. Eventually, he was able to communicate what he believed was a profound experience of visiting heaven. It began with what he called an earthworm's eye view in his book, Proof of Heaven. From this muddled subterranean state, Evan claims he ascended to a higher state of consciousness, accompanied by a white light and perfect music. Next, Evan says he entered the Gateway Valley, a hyper-real place full of colors beyond human understanding, constantly blooming plants, and millions of butterflies. At one point, he says that he rode on a butterfly wing with a beautiful woman who never spoke, but instead transmitted thoughts of unconditional love. He now maintains that there's no logical explanation for this experience other than the existence of an afterlife. Many researchers want more concrete evidence, but Evan may not be able to supply the necessary data to push it out of the realm of religion. Paul the Apostle is one of the towering names of early Christianity. After his conversion in the first century CE, he went on to found several Christian communities throughout the Roman Empire. That conversion was reportedly touched off by a visitation from Jesus himself, as related in the book of Acts. Christ appeared as such a bright light that Paul was struck blind for three days. Paul's meetings with the divine didn't seem to stop there. In several letters to Christian enclaves, he relates other visions, including visits to a complex heavenly afterlife. In one letter, Paul claims that God appeared to him as a small child who took him to all ten levels of heaven. The third level is pretty high up, he says, but you can see earth from there. Angels hang out on levels four and five, while the sixth heaven is full of light. As the levels grow higher, his descriptions become vaguer and more esoteric. He also writes that heaven's got golden gates and an unidentified greeter at the entrance. Turns out that Paul isn't alone in his visions of paradise. There are numerous accounts of people who have beheld heaven and even gone there, from Enoch to Moses to the author of the Bible's book of Revelation, John Patmos. After being hit by a car, Tennessean Priscilla McGill recalls sitting peacefully on a cloud in light and peace and calm. It was a welcome change from a short time earlier when the vehicle that struck her had caused several broken bones, lacerations, and internal injuries. Because of the accident, McGill spent months in the hospital, where her heart stopped beating on multiple occasions. During the moments when she coded, Priscilla says she was whisked away to a beautiful afterlife. On one of those occasions, she recalls seeing, like many others, lush fields full of flowers and departed loved ones like her own mother. McGill also remembers speaking to her spiritual mother, who broke it to her that Priscilla still had to go back to Earth. Well, some point to the strength of the painkillers that McGill was given during her hospital stay as one explanation for her visions, she's adamant that they came from a divine source. She also says that she feels obligated to tell her story and ask everyone, is your heart right? Drithelm, by all accounts, was an ordinary man. He was a regular Anglo-Saxon living in the north of England probably sometime in the 7th century CE. Like many medieval folk, however, he eventually became sick with a serious illness and appeared to die. What really happened, the chronicles say, was something else entirely. According to the Venerable Bede, the 8th century monk who wrote down Drithelm's tale in his Ecclesiastical History of England, the dead man suddenly recovered, frightening everyone in his household. 
He scared them further by relating his tale of visiting the afterlife, heaven included. First, however, was a tour of hell led by a man with a continence full of light who didn't speak to Drithal. Eventually, the duo made their way to heaven, a place of intense light and numerous flowers. This wasn't the main show, it seems, as Drithelm saw a higher-level paradise with even brighter light and beautiful singing. Unfortunately, his spiritual guide stopped suddenly at this point and then turned back, making it clear that the man wasn't ready to do more than glimpse the promise of heaven. Three-year-old Colton Burpo was pretty normal until a burst appendix sent him to emergency surgery. While his parents waited, surgeons worked on Colton until he was brought back from the brink of death. After Colton returned home, however, he claimed that he had briefly died and went to visit Jesus. His father, Todd, was so taken by the story that he turned it into a bestseller, Heaven is for Real, which was itself adapted into a movie of the same name in 2014. Colton's story emerged over the next few months. In it, he says that he went up to heaven and met Jesus, who gave him homework. Jesus also has a rainbow-colored horse. Angels flew around on wings and sang to the boy, who also got to meet John the Baptist, the Holy Spirit, and God himself. The details were so dramatic and extra-biblical that some questioned the whole affair. The details that really convinced the family were somewhat more mundane. Colton eventually said that he met his great-grandfather Pop while he was in heaven. Colton later identified Pop via a photo. He also says that he met a sister his mother had miscarried. Honey, who told you I had a baby die in my tummy? In heaven, this little girl came up to me. She told me she died in your tummy. That apparently came out, says the book, when they watched Colton and were surprised at his emotion over a seemingly non-existent sister. Heaven apparently smells wonderful and has an excellent band. This seems to be a common feature among accounts of visiting the heavenly side of the afterlife, and Don Piper's visit seems to be pretty similar. Piper says that his trip to heaven happened in 1989 after his car was hit by a truck, leaving him in a terrible state. His injuries were so bad that he didn't have a detectable pulse for 90 minutes. While paramedics were working on him and a passerby was praying over him, Piper claims that he was in heaven. Like so many others, Piper felt compelled to write down his experiences, publishing them as 90 minutes in heaven. Along with the beautiful music, Piper recalls seeing light reflected off the gates of heaven. While others with similar experiences have been vague about the source of the light, Piper says that it comes directly from the glory of God. Beyond the gates, Piper saw a city with gold-paved streets flooded with what he calls, quote, the brightest colors my eyes had ever seen. He also reports seeing his grandfather, with whom he had been close, standing nearby to welcome him into paradise. Young Annabelle Beam had been suffering from a mysterious spat of medical issues for years. Doctors and her family alike were flummoxed until she finally received a diagnosis of pseudo-obstruction motility disorder. That was only so comforting, however, since her illness was rare and incurable. It looked as if Annabelle would be incapacitated for life. Things changed dramatically and unexpectedly in 2011. That's when Annabelle fell headfirst into a hollow cottonwood tree in her front yard. After she'd been trapped there for five hours, emergency workers were finally able to extract her. Shortly thereafter, the Beam family discovered that Annabelle's disorder had abruptly and permanently gone away. For quite a few families, that's enough to mark an event as a miracle or medical anomaly. What's even more striking for many is Annabelle's claim that she went to heaven while her body was trapped inside the hollow tree. As per Annabelle's account, heaven is a peaceful place with plenty of light and no pain. She also says that she met Jesus, who has brown hair and wears a white robe with a purple sash. Annabelle asked if she could stay, but Jesus told her that she had further business back on Earth. When she returned, her family, like others whose loved ones have gone through similar experiences, published a book. The resulting account, Miracles from Heaven, was released as a film in 2016. 